Welcome to Realities. We are back, back, back. (laughs) (laughs) Having some technical difficulties for the last couple of minutes. Um, But we're back. And we are going to talk about (laughs) your spiritual and mental health. Because I think at this point, we need it. Um, And it's keeping in tune with health and wellness for the month of September. Um, G is back. Hey. And as I said, before my internet went out, um, my great friend from Bowie State University, Towers, fifth floor. Gina lived on the fifth floor too. We probably had the same room. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Reverend Shania Dillard. And so we, like I said, we're going to talk about um, just our spiritual and mental health with everything that's going on with um, COVID. As I would keep saying, it's the election. Um, <laughs> I still think COVID going to go away come November 3rd. Um, Carefully. Yeah, it'd be very, well, that'd be very weird for it to just go, but we'll see. Um, but with everything going on still and with, you know, virtual learning and, you know, parents trying to get into the swing of things with this new way of life, you know, I think it's very important that, you know, we've tapped into the nutrition and the physical, the career aspects of health, but, you know, you definitely have to ensure that your, your, your spiritual health is still um, kept well as as well. It's, it's probably just as important as your, um, your nutrition and your, your physical health. So um, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. So I want to ask um, first, um, Reverend Nia, you did, and I'm kind of going all over a little bit, going from my first, my first um, question, but um, one, I want you to talk about you as a reverend, um, what you do, how, you know, why you got into wanting to um, be a spiritual leader, a spiritual coach, um, and just also get into what you did with the Faith and Film Bible Study Series. It, that was something very amazing. Well, absolutely. Uh, well, again, first of all, thank you, uh, Ray, for um, for inviting me on. Um, as I shared before, this is my very first time doing a podcast, so um, I'm definitely delighted to be here and to be a part um, and to share just a little bit. I'm no expert in anything, but I can only give what God has given me, has gifted me to do um, here on the earth. And so I've been ordained um, in the African Methodist Episcopal tradition for uh, about three years now. I got ordained twice, one as one an itinerant deacon and then one as an itinerant elder. Um, an elder is um, is the highest um, ordination you can have in my denomination, um, wherein um, I could be senior pastor, do weddings, funerals, baptisms, whatever, um, you know, run the gambit of, of, of things that I'm capable of doing. Um, I come from a line of preachers. My grandfather was a preaching pastor. His sister um, was subsequently a pastor. Um, both of them, may God uh, rest their, both of their souls. Um, my aunt had a master's of divinity degree and another one had it, had a degree in pastoral care and counseling. So it kind of runs in the blood. Um, I've always been one to to want to help others in whatever way I can. I started out, um, actually graduated high school as a certified nursing assistant for the state of Maryland. Um, and again, as you mentioned, we both uh, were at Bowie State. Um, I started out at Bowie State as a nursing major um, and then ended Bowie State with a degree in fine arts with a concentration in vocal performance. Um, and so I've always 
um, thrived when um, when being able to in being able to help others. And so being a spiritual coach or advisor, a pastor, or whatever you want to call me this week, um, um, is something I take joy in. It's something I take delight in. Um, and it's something that um, I definitely enjoy doing. Um, it's in my bio and people read it all the time when I have the opportunity to speak on different platforms. Um, but I literally do desire nothing more than to make an impact in the world. One, one sermon at a time, one prayer call at a time, one Bible study session at a time, and now one podcast at a time. And so um, I'm just grateful that God has allowed me to expand my reach um, through different avenues, um, even in this virtual world, um, which brings me full circle to your, um, your next question. So the Faith in Film Bible Study series actually started out um, as a uh, sermon series that I believe God gave me a while ago. And since I realized we weren't going to church no time soon, um, I said, well, why not turn it into a Bible study series um, and to make it more, um, um, not user-friendly, but to make it um, really um, cross the gambit in terms of reach, I decided that the first series I would do would be on Disney movies. Mm-hmm. And so what I found um, is that the series is um, was an innovative way, is an innovative way to engage children and teens and young adults, even some adult adults, um, in biblical teaching <laughs> through the lens of um, cinematic films. Um, because I've learned that animated films captivate the attention of the minds of all age, minds of all ages. Yeah. Um, and with that particular series, we considered different themes and scenes and songs, of course. I'm a musician and vocalist all day. And so some of the um, things that we took from the movies were actual song lyrics um, from Disney movies. And we tied them into our contextual understanding of biblical texts. Um, of course, we uh, urged people to to watch the movies prior to the lessons. Um, but it turned out to be something bigger than what I ever thought um, it would be, you know. And I'm just, you know, of course, grateful um, that I had that opportunity to do that. And I'm looking forward to maybe even just doing more on my personal um, YouTube channel, um, not necessarily affiliated with um, with any one church. Awesome. I will um, add that... Um, at going back to, you know, how, how I know Shania, um, she's always been that spiritual leader, that spiritual coach, even before, you know, she became, um, a reverend and things like that. She's always been, um, that spiritual leader for us at Bowie State. Um, but also I'd be remiss to, to leave out that Shania actually was, um, my songstress at my wedding. Um, now granted, whomever, I forgot if, if it was Irma or, Lucy or somebody decided to show up at the wedding, and I mean a storm, people. I don't mean an actual lady. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, things kind of went, went all over the place, um, but she was still able to um, sing for us at the reception. And, you know, aside from being a reverend and, you know, uh, educator and spiritual leader, she has some bomb vocals. So... <laughs> So that is an addition to her, her long resume of, of, of things that she does. Bless you. I would add, so are you going to continue that series? I think um, Kenzie and I watched the first two. And I would say the very first one, she was extremely into, like she just sat there and she's like, mama, you know her? Where you know her from? How does she know these movies? So she was extremely into it. Um, and... I think that 
in light of what's going on, you know, now it definitely kept the children engaged in um, just their spiritual beings. You know, myself, my kids, um, Gina's kids, we keep them in, in church. Gina's kids, you know, the school that she goes to, that they go to is, um, a biblical or a biblical school, a religious school. <laughs> I had to get it together. But um, it's just trying to keep them engaged mm-hmm. in um, in spirituality and, and not having them to get too lazy. Because then when things open back up and we're like, all right, get up, you got to go to church. They're going to be looking at us like, what's that? Um, and so, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So how do you think, um, we can keep children engaged in um, just spirituality aside from, you know, like we, on Sundays, I'm blasting, blasting my gospel music mm-hmm. and Morgan's dancing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. Be like, yeah, Morgan dancing. We got to get her into some, some spiritual dances, though. But uh, <laughs> her dances are not ready for the church services. <laughs> Good thing the pastors can't see her. Um <laughs> But what do you think we can do to, like I said, to just keep the kids engaged? They don't have, for at least for the church that um, we worship with, they don't have um, virtual Sunday school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what would we, should, what should we do with them at this point just to keep them engaged? I think that's a very, um, very relevant question. It's a question I've, I've found that a lot of parents um, have been asking. In fact, uh, many of my uh, my friends or colleagues who have young children, a lot of them reached out when I put the first flyer out about the Faith and Film series. Like, oh my gosh, Rev, like no other church is doing anything virtually specifically that target children. You yeah. know, so this is great. You know, this is good stuff. And and that's the, the unfortunate part um, as it relates to even the church. Um, I do get that some churches couldn't afford to keep youth ministers on staff um, and there are others who have youth ministers but may not really know how to really navigate the space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, much as you um, said before that you are plugged into something, I think that if um, maybe I think a, a good recommendation would be maybe for those who are still actively serving as youth ministers, youth pastors, um, or youth leaders, um, maybe if um, there was maybe some what I call come to Jesus moment, um, so to speak, uh, where, you know, it could just be like a meeting of the minds, you know, to see what what is being offered. Um, I have a, a number of colleagues um, and I'm part of a group, um, young, youth and young adult um, pastors for the DMV. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, have come up with a lot of innovative things, you know, virtual game nights, you know, through the church, um, other virtual um Bible studies or different virtual sessions with their actual leaders. I think this is a very pivotal time for the church. Um, and I think it's very, very, very important that not only that, um, that pastors or youth leaders or just church leaders, period, or religious leaders should um, keep a, a pulse on those that they lead, not necessarily um, just constantly come to, you know, tune into this service. We're going to go live on this day, but, but more of a, from a practical way, like I'm a practical theologian in my, in my approach. And so even as it related to doing the Bible study, at first I was just uploading a video to YouTube about 15 minutes and just sending the link out saying, Hey, y'all tune in when you can. Um, but by doing the faith and film series, it was something different that grabbed um, their attention. And yeah. so even as parents who are home who may not have the youth leaders in their churches, I think plugging into something that you may see that another youth leader may be doing is definitely a great, a great thing to do to keep them um, 
interested. Um, I don't know if they still have. It was something a long time ago, I think Veggie Tales or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they did, you know, biblical stories um, that really um, allowed, you know, even, you know, the youngest of the young to learn more about what, um, who Christ is and different um, biblical stories. Um, and even, even if you go to YouTube and type in, um, biblical stories for children. There are a number of things that will even come down then um, as it relates to just different ways that children can learn about some of the seemingly popular, you know, stories in the Bible, right? So you'll you'll see the story about David and Goliath. You know, that's, right. that's a popular story. You, right. You'll see the story about, you know, what happened um, with Christ before his crucifixion. Like, you'll see those types of stories because those are seemingly the, the name brand stories of the Bible, Um um, and for those who might be watching that do those videos, I challenge you and implore you to, to tap into some of those stories that's not name brand, right? And so if I start talking about somebody named Naaman, you should know who I'm talking about. Right. More importantly, the slave girl that helped him. Like, we don't hear about those things, right? Uh, or those stories. And so I think that um, while everybody looks at this pandemic as having been like a very hard time, I think it's been a beautiful time for those who are creative, for those who are innovative, um, and especially a time as like this, um, as it relates to even this, to continue to um, invest in the spiritual growth and development of children and teens and young adults. Um, I think this is a very pivotal time to to be creative in our approach. Again, like I said, practical thinking, like, you know, how can I explain this to them, but that will be in a way in which they'll understand. Right? right. So I also did another Bible study series where we talked about music, you know, and so we looked at instead of using the Bible as sacred text, we looked at hymns as a sacred text. We looked at other song lyrics from other genres as sacred text to really, to, to even still highlight some of the things um, and themes that may be um, biblical. Um, so I definitely think the YouTube things are great. Um, plug it into what you may see that's out there in social media in terms of other youth ministries or um, other things that youth leaders are producing in this season. Um, but then also as parents, you know, and it may seem outdated or old school, but maybe have family Bible studies, yeah. right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, we just gonna sit down in a circle and sing Kumbaya and light a candle, you know, right. and drink hot chocolate, more or less maybe mommy and daddy act out something that's in the Bible or read it, read the Bible and then make a game of it to be able to have your children relate back to you. What did they learn? Who were the main characters? What was the, um, um, were there any, things, you know, were any stones present? Was there wood present? You know, especially like take a point Noah's Ark, right? I did a Bible study on that. Like, well, um, how high did it have to be? What was the type of wood? How many animals? Which ones went in first? Did they have to go two by two, three by three, four by four? You know, how many sons did Noah have? You know, and so it makes it more engaging if you engage them with it. And that's one thing yeah. that I've learned. Right. Um, even um, in, in my time as being a youth pastor or being a young adult minister, is that if you if you engage them, they will learn. Right. If you yeah. talk to them and not necessarily dumbing yourself down or using any vocabulary that's not necessarily on your level of academia, it doesn't require that. Children just want you to be real with them. Period. Mm -hmm. right. It's really not that hard. Yeah. Right. And so if you can just come to listen, this is what happened in the Bible. There was a man named Joseph. His brothers didn't like him. They was hating on him. They decided to try to throw him into slavery. They tried to throw him in the pit, but it didn't work. So they decided, you know, one brother had enough sense to say, you know, pull him out. You know, he don't got to be in there. 
you know, then, you know, he got caught up in some mess, you know, some type of entanglement with Mrs. Potiphar, and it didn't work, you know, and then she went back and lied. He ended up in jail, then he got portrayed by a cupbearer, and then before you know it, he became king just like it was in his dreams, and his brothers had to bow down at his feet. And you would think, well, wow, that's really what happened in the Bible? Yes. That is the near international version of that story. Uh-huh. But they would have learned the whole story about it because I was just real with them, right? And so just talk to them and be real about what's what's there. And, you know, it's everything as it relates to um, our relationships with God because it's never about religion. It's always about relationship. And I drive that point. Um, is that God is relational, right? If you look mm-hmm. in the Bible from Genesis to Maps, everything, Jesus was always hands-on with, with everything that he did, right? Mm-hmm. And so... If you just talk to them plainly, they'll understand, and in that way, you'll continue to pour into their spiritual growth and development, even though we're not in a physical church building. Right. That's awesome. I would um, also say, it just you know, for adults, it's just as important that you know they, if you were, if you are that that you know person that was attending church, whether it was you know during Easter. On Christmas only, <laughs> you're that person. It's <laughs> you right. If you only, you know, if you was that person that only got your spiritual fix um, once a quarter, it's still important for you to keep that up. It's still important. And of course, um, it's easy. So no one has any excuse as to, you know, I've heard a lot, you know, a lot of excuses within my family. I'm like, hey, won't you come with us? Oh, well, I don't have anything to wear. Come no. as you are. You can be naked now. Just make sure you. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of the, you know, the um, the the churches are, you know, everywhere. Like the our church is on YouTube. It's they're on the church's website. They're on Instagram. They have another website. So you have literally no reason as to why you can't tune in because you can still, you know, sometimes I did Bedside Baptist and now I can really do Bedside Baptist and I have no excuse as to why I can't, you know, get that, that spiritual fix that I think we all need at this time. And it's, um, I definitely say for me, it's important if I, if I don't, and I realized this even before this, if I don't um, get that, word in or get you know hear the word for my my week is kind of a little off and now you know we're listening to the word it kind of puts you in a rhythm a good rhythm a good path for the week it actually you know for me it does um and you know for example our pastor right now is talking about entanglements and lord knows i was yelling in my kitchen (laughs) (laughs) calling out some names that needed to be uh on that list uh, that prayer list but uh yeah uh, <laughs> but it like I said it's important for you know us to just make sure that we we still tune in um like I said G's kids go to a school and I can't what is the name of their um their pastor no the academic um what they use they lose their learning oh no they don't do um they do what the county does just oh. kind of on a different level but most um most christian based schools do a lot of them do a becca that's what i that's what i'm trying to change and out of it that's what i was trying to think of early i could know a becca was that's a um i don't know if um 
Reverend, you have a, a knowledge of that, but a bucket was really good because really good because I used to teach in um, in private schools, and that was that was one of the things that kept them engaged because I was in the in reading the things and I was like, "Dang, well, let's get into this." So Becca uh-huh. is, is 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 really cool as far as making so that's another another um, avenue that people can go go to because that's something that keeps them engaged because it asks them questions it keeps you know keeps them um it'll stop them in between and just kind of keep them going and and knowing more about um the the certain parts of the bible now of course they don't go to you know go through the whole bible they only do um up to a certain point because they're still kids but they still learn it so it's yeah sounds good and that's what I'm trying to think of earlier when we were talking. Um, Kenzie's pre-K school um, did a Becca, even for the pre-K. Um, well, that's all they had was pre-K, but that's what they um, taught them. <laughs> that's how they taught them. And once she left, I was like, well, how, what am I supposed to now do? Because she's going to a charter school. They're not teaching her anything. They don't even do the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. That's great. They barely so, do the pledge. So it's like, you know, now what? And they did um, offer to give us some um, online resources, booklets, things like that. They're like, hey, we could show you where we get our stuff from. And if you want to just order it. And I'm like, no, I want y'all to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want, mm-mm. I want someone else to do it. But we never got to that point because COVID happened. And, um, but yeah, it's, I think, like I said, it's important to keep the kids engaged, but most importantly for us as, adults to be engaged also. So getting to the health and wellness or spiritual um, health and wellness, what's the relationship in your opinion, Reverend Ia, between spiritual and mental health as well as spiritual and physical health? Um, in my opinion, I think that everything starts in the mind. Okay. Um, good habits, bad habits, um, the ugly and the indifferent, everything starts in the mind, um, which brings me to uh, scripture in the Bible, um, Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, um, that says, as a man thinketh, man or woman thinketh, so is he, so is she. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically saying like the way you think is ultimately what then um, manifests itself in the physical. Um, and so that, um, some people's physical health is could be under some type of duress specifically just because of the way they think about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people really understand the power that their minds actually have. Um, and I'm no psychiatrist, no psychologist. This is, again, this is based off of my own experiences mm-hmm. um, and serving in my vocation that a lot of times people's uh, physical health, people's mental health, it, it changed when they start changing the way they think. Right. It changed when they start uh, changing their mentality um, toward it. And it's almost like, if you think about it, when you come into, when we come into a new year, you know, we, it's December 31st and everybody is talking about New Year's resolutions, right? Mm-hmm. And so the first seven days, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start going to church more. <laughs> um, I'm going to eat better. We're going to do this Daniel's fast and we're going to buy all the fruit from the produce section and we're going to stack our refrigerators with it and not even two weeks into the new year. 
these diets have been abandoned. Mm-hmm. Your gym membership was probably was probably left unpaid for. Um, <laughs> and everything that you resoluted to do 14 days into the new year, you're not even doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and, and I believe that that is because of the way people think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, scientifically speaking, it takes 21 consecutive days of doing something to form a habit. Yeah. Right. That's scientific fact. You do one thing every day for 21 days straight. It becomes then a habit. Mm-hmm. But what people don't, what people better realize is that's good or bad. That's mm-hmm. either way you look at it. Yeah. You do that thing for 21 days straight, that then forms the new habit. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about it from a, even from a spiritual standpoint, if you have, if you pray every day for 21 days before you know it, your day is not complete unless you pray. Mm-hmm. If you meditate, because these are things that I put what I call in your spiritual toolbox, prayer and meditation at the top of that list, right? And I think also um, understanding that there are more than one ways you can pray, right? Yeah. As it relates to your spiritual formation. Not everything is, I'm going to be knee bowed and body bent, hands right. clapped, oh Lord, my father, this, thou, the, the this, you know, the King mm-hmm. James type of prayers. That's not always prayer. Prayer sometimes is ugly. Sometimes prayer is just sitting in the middle of a floor crying and not saying a word. Mm-hmm. Prayer can be you taking a walk outside and it's a form of prayer, right? Deep breathing exercises, believe it or not, it's a form of prayer. Mm-hmm. Just saying, you know, offering um, Thanksgiving is a, it's a uh, form or method of prayer too. And so I think that um, with understanding even what scientists say, um, what, what professionals say as it relates to, you know, doing something every day for 21 days to then form a habit. I think that the, the same really does apply to our spiritual lives too. And it's just as, you know, we put in the work for our physical bodies, we go to the gym, just as we put in that work for our physical bodies, you know, we may, you know, eat more fruits and vegetables. We may and do intermittent fasting. Um, just as we put, um, uh, emphasis on our mental health, we may go see a therapist. It's okay to have Jesus and a therapist too. I'm just saying, um, you know, we may do that all for those, those aspects of our lives. But again, as it relates to our spiritual lives, we have to have that same type of fortitude. Mm-hmm. And so that means just like we go to a therapist, just like we go to, um, to the gym, just like we may have a personal trainer and it's okay to have a spiritual advisor and mentors. I have them myself. Um, mm-hmm. But even as it relates to the work you do yourself, I think it's important that while the church is there and there's virtual stuff too, that you have to have your own personal investment in your own spiritual growth and development. Mm-hmm. You know, these spiritual leaders can only take you but so far. It's kind of mm-hmm. like that old adage, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yep. It's like they can give you the tools. They can show you where it is in the Bible. They can give you the text. But if you don't take the onus and that ownership yourself to then open up that actual Bible and read it, and even mm-hmm. if you have questions, to reach out to those spiritual advisors, to reach out to them, to those mentors and say, hey, you know, I read this, you know, in my devotional time. Um, and I just wanted to know if you could shed some light on it for me. Right. And again, we don't talk about devotional time either. Now, growing up in the Baptist church, devotions was when the deacons, you know, all of them that's over the age of 75, yep. would stand before the church in their five-piece suits. And, <laughs> and they was. <laughs> And they would start singing a song that nobody knew but them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what, you know, I was raised that that was devotions, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so now in my adult life, and I'm and I'm considering my own devotional time, that could just be me sitting, you know, or it could just be me taking a walk, but in my ear, I'm listening to worship music. It could be um, me, you know, on some other type of exercise equipment, but listening to, um, to scriptures. You know, they have Bibles that are audio version now. Um, even YouTube has, um, and I listened to it. I was in a rough, rough season at one point and they had the 91st song on YouTube and it looped all night on YouTube. It was like six hours straight of Psalm 91. Wow. And I was just like, it was so, and it reinforced itself in my spirit so much where I'm almost at that point where I can literally run down the 91st Psalm without even having to read it. It's because even as I was sleeping at night. It was still being reinforced in my spirit. And so I think that we just have to do a better job on our own as people to really invest in our own spiritual growth and development. But that, again, requires us to to adapt and develop spiritual toolboxes that has Mm -hmm. prayer in it, that has meditation in it, that has journaling in it. All these things still impact the mind. Right. Right. And so even if you look at um, Philippians, Philippians 2, um, verse 5, I believe, it says, let this mind that's in you be that which is in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that was the Apostle Paul talking when there were, it was two women. They were leaders in the church. I think I, their names were, uh, were Yodia and Syntyche. They were leaders in the church, but they were beefing. Mm-hmm. But what they failed to realize is that as leaders in the church, when you got to be, that then trickles down into the people you are leading. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Paul flat out told them, listen, y'all get your minds right. Let the minds that is in you be that which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, y'all need to start thinking the way Christ thinks as it relates to your leadership. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so even with, with Paul's words and saying, let the mind that's in you, it, it, it starts there. It's all in there. And I think um, in your mind, the way you think, it also translates into how you speak, mm-hmm. how you live, how you treat others. Like all of that, again, it all starts, I believe, the origin mm-hmm. of all of that is in the mind. Um, there's another scripture, um, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Uh, where the prophet was talking about how God will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. And so I believe, and this is just, you know, just a few examples of even um, biblical text that allows us to know that God is invested in how we think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And just as much as God is invested in how we think about ourselves, he's invested in how we then live our lives based off of what we think. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, again, that's, uh, what's that? Uh, Romans, Paul again, Romans 12. Um, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. That's Romans chapter uh, 12, verses one and two. You know, and so again, it all, it all transcends from, from the way you think. And so I think that even our own spiritual health is directly tied to to our mentalities. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I'll, I'll add as 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 Reverend has said that as far as your physical health, if your spirit isn't intact, your mental isn't intact, 
your physical can't be either. It all connects. Right. It's all a connection. And so I could, like for me, you know, going back to what you were saying as far as like different ways to pray and your devotion and all of that stuff. Like for me, I've had someone to ask me, you know, you don't, you don't pray on your knees. You don't close your hands. You don't do that. No, for, no. If I feel like I'm about to go off, have that quite often. I have to take my <laughs> five seconds in the corner and have my come to Jesus. My talk with Jesus is what I call it. And for me, like I do a lot of my prayer in the shower. Cause that's when I can honestly clear my mind mm-hmm. and I have the children where well, I got locked the door if I don't want the children to come in here because they'll just try to climb in there too. But if I know it's that moment and I'm like, I need to have some conversations with Jesus today ain't going to work or right now is I'm, I'm, I'm having a moment. It's going in the shower sometimes the other day, or matter of fact, this morning in a car and mm-hmm. it's whatever, you know, for me, I feel like you don't have to, be on your knees and your hands, because like you said, hands clasped together to pray. You can pray at any moment and you should be talking to Jesus at any, po- at any moment anyway. Um, right. And not just when you need something, you know, but just to give thanks and whatever else. So like for me this morning, it was just that moment. Like, I'm like, okay, I could feel something a little off. Let me have my little private conversation. People looking at me at the stoplight probably like, who's she talking to? But... <laughs> <laughs> and even Morgan, she's like, huh, mommy? I'm like, it's me and Jesus. Huh? Like, yeah, me and Jesus talking more. Be quiet. But <laughs> it's, you know, you have those, you have those days. And I think definitely in this time, this is a very, very trying time that I don't think anyone foreseen coming, like at all. We didn't foresee that, you know, people would lose jobs. People would lose their lives. I mean, aside from COVID, you still have a Black Lives Matter movement that we still have to continue because things are still for a very long time, probably won't get to where it needs to be. And so you have to, um, like I said, have your mental in check so that your spiritual and your physical can be in check too. You can make those, you know, January 1st commitments, but if, if your commitment isn't to think differently, then it doesn't matter if you try to go to church because you didn't think correctly from the beginning. And so you thought you were going to work out for the remainder of the year, but you didn't keep that in your mind. You, you, you just wanted something because that's what everybody does. And so, you know, it, it's also wanting it for yourself versus wanting what everyone else does, if that yeah. makes sense. So makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So why, why is it important to have spiritual wellness? So we talked about, you know, spiritual health and fit, you know, spiritual health as it relates to mental health and physical health, but your spiritual wellness. And what I mean by spiritual wellness is um, spiritual wellness provides us with symptom systems of faith, um, beliefs, values, ethics, principles, morals, all of that stuff. That's what spiritual wellness is. So why do y'all think that that's important to not only have your spiritual health, but your spiritual wellness? I know it, health and wellness is kind of tied together in some form, but in the aspect of it providing us with the systems, that makes sense. We talked about, like I said, we talked about the health, the, the physical health, the spiritual health, the mental health, but in regards to wellness and what I meant by wellness was that it provides, wellness provides you, spiritual wellness per se, provides you with systems for faith, systems for 
belief systems for values, systems for ethics, principles, morals, all of that. Um, so why do we think that having spiritual wellness is important? And I guess I'll start just so y'all can know where I'm going with this. Um, I think family is a perfect example of spiritual wellness. I think if you are not, for me, I wasn't brought up in the church per se. So I didn't have um, those spiritual leaders within my family, but we still had those systems ingrained in us that, you know, my, my mom may not have been able to quote every Bible verse, but she knew those that needed to get her through life. <laughs> if I could say that much. And then, you know, just with those values and morals instilled in us, it made us, as we got older, even just in our teenage years, like we used to go um, on what we call the blue bus. The blue bus, it was a blue and white bus that came to pick up the kids in the neighborhood to take us to Woodlawn Junior Church. Woodlawn Junior Church was actually um, a church that they um, worshiped out of Duval High School. And we would go all the time. And it was Brother Tripp and his wife, Sister Tripp. Their last name was Tripp. And they would come to Laurel Hood neighborhoods and pick up all these bad little kids. And when I say these kids, it was bad because it was no other adult but them. They, had, they may have had some help or whatever on the bus, but otherwise your parents didn't have to go. Your parents had to give you permission to go back. Back in those days, that was early 90s, there ain't no permission slip. Ain't nobody taking you. They gonna bring you back home. So they yeah. didn't worry about that type of stuff back then, but we had those options. Um, and I think that that helped to provide that or give that spiritual wellness that as a child, not being brought up in the church or not, you know, having, you know, the family that went to church because we didn't go to church. Like my mom, dad, they didn't take us to church. So we had to figure that out ourselves, but they still made us understand that that was important. It just wasn't something that they did with us, if that makes sense. And so growing up, that was a, a belief that I had that you are supposed to have a spiritual life. You are supposed to believe in something greater than you. And that was how it was always taught to us is there's someone, there's something greater than you. You can't see him, you can't hear him, but you, you can't physically hear him, but you could feel him. And we never understood that until we started going to Woodlawn Baptist Church. And I don't even know if that was the real, that's the name, but I don't even know if they were real. <laughs> now that it was I a real church. It, because the bus was blue and white, but they had no, written, no writing on the side of it. And we went to Duval High School. And honestly, the reason that a lot of the kids went is because they gave you snacks. Like they would give you, when you left, they would give you a snack there and they used the cafeteria or the auditorium at Duval High School. And we all, and was lined up with chairs. And all kids from all neighborhoods just was there. They had various buses that picked up the kids from the various neighborhoods, rivalry neighborhoods. At that point, we was too young to know about the rivalries and those who had beefs weren't getting on that bus. So it was us younger children, but they taught us a lot of, it was, it was Sunday school and that was, and it was just Sunday school. It was nothing extra. Um, and to this day, I can definitely tell you, I can remember at the least 10 songs taught to me then. And I'm walking around the house singing them and they looking at me like, we get this song from what that song ain't on YouTube I'm like it's not on YouTube but I know it and for me like when I say spiritual wellness I think that is something that assisted with 
the my spiritual well-being and you know missing that that piece from my family is still was kind of instilled in me to that this was an important piece of your life. And to this day, like I go to church, I attend, I worship, I, you know, have my beliefs, morals, values that I am instilling in my children. And still my, my mom, dad, siblings may not have those same beliefs because they feel differently now that we've gotten older. Mm-hmm. So that's what I meant when I was asking about like why that's important. That was just my two cents of why it's important. <laughs> So on my side, actually, we actually had the blue bus as well. We didn't go to Duval. We went down the street from my parents' house, but they did the same exact thing. So they probably were running in the same circles. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the parents were not allowed. It was just you know the kids going, and we got a snack going and a snack coming, and it was uh-huh. it was it was a reward for us to go. So it was a great thing. But I'm I, I'm I'm on the same page with you. It with you, your family is is your everything they're mm-hmm. the ones who who um your of course your grandparents and your parents are the ones who start whatever it is that you that you believe in up to a certain mm-hmm. point and yep. then once you get old enough you start to um uh i can't think of the word but you create start to own. adjust yeah create yeah. your own um, have your own your own beliefs your own beliefs mm-hmm. so as lo- in my eyes because I have um, my sister-in-law, um, their family used to go to church a lot and it became, it became overwhelming for her and my, my, um, my brother-in-law. So my sister-in-law has gotten to a point where she's like, look, I, mm, I'm good. So at my, the way I look at it is as long as you believe in something, as long as you believe and you know that there's something beyond where we are in, in our, in our space then I'm okay, you know, I'm okay with that because do I necessarily like the fact that some people believe that there's nothing there? No, we had to come from someplace. (laughs) So it's got to be created somehow. But, you know, I understand it. But again, as long as, I think as, you know, my family is my everything. From grandma all the way up into my kids. My family Mm -hmm. is my everything. And like you said, as you get older, your beliefs are going to change. Right, your beliefs going to change because you're you're growing, you're learning. Um, your your as as you get become an adult, your world is 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 a little different. Um, mm-hmm. And and I would say like my grandmother, she she's not. Um, she well, my uncle, my grandmother, um, are Jehovah Witnesses. I don't have to conform to that. That's not. Right. I don't believe in you know, what you believe in, but at the end of the day, we still, you know, some, some things are still agreed upon, some, some feelings, some beliefs, some values um, are still the same, um, and, at the, and, and we still respect the fact that, you know, hey, you're going to church, and I'm going here, um, and that's, you know, that's part of being a family. As you, as you grow up and get older, you choose to do what you want to do, and I have some people who don't believe in anything and they'll tell you right. and this is why I don't believe and you know I, I respectfully say I you respect know you it. are able to to you know believe what you want just like you know I believe I respect in, you and that November 3rd me. COVID's gonna go but some people don't agree with that and that's fine but <laughs> you know but don't try to force your beliefs on other people 
Right. It's what I say, you know, and that's that's the unhealthy part of um, I feel with 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 um, spiritual wellness. That can be the unhealthy part of it when someone tries to force you to conform to their beliefs. I think that that's where you know you have to kind of stand your ground per se and and just follow what you feel and what you believe in and what your research have told you. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, and listening to to you both again, the thing that that jumps out at me again is that difference between religion and relationship. relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, when I look at spiritual wellness, um, it, with both of your examples, again, I, I just see relationship. Like you know, it's it's seemingly not easier per se, but it's something that that resonates more with us when when we are receiving spiritual vitamins or spiritual medicine or whatever along with others Mm -hmm. right and so you know even the bible um says that men weren't made or meant to live by bread alone like it's it was we've never were supposed to be or intended to live in isolation Right. Um, and so when I when I think about what would make one um, spiritually well, it to me it's it's knowing that there's somebody else who who understands what I'm dealing with. There's somebody else who believes as I believe. Somebody mm-hmm. else who understands um, which that familial aspect comes in. Um, Ray, what you were talking about, you know. Um, the differences as it relates to your your parents telling you about something, even if they themselves didn't ascribe to it. Mm-hmm. But I think the blessing, even in that, is they must have ascribed to it to some degree, if right. they then impressed it upon you all to say, "Hey, this is we don't we not gonna go, but we know we want y'all to go, right?" Yep. And so that just says to me that at some point there's some some modicum of of hope of some sort is on the inside of both of your parents to be able to say we might not want to go to church for our own various reasons but we want our children mm-hmm. to go. right mm-hmm. um and so when we talk about spiritual wellness it's just like yeah what 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 would make you well spiritually and sometimes that could just be i just need somebody you know to be a minute what i what i like to call ministry of presence right mm-hmm. maybe i don't need no i don't need nobody to come with that ill-gotten opinion maybe mm-hmm. i don't need advice Maybe I don't need somebody to quote a scripture to me. Maybe I just need somebody to sit there. Maybe Mm -hmm. I just need somebody to listen. Maybe I just want somebody to give me a hug. Yep. Somebody to just sit on my sofa next to me, hold my hand, say, Nia, it's going to be all right. Let's get a root beer flip. You know, Mm -hmm. like it may not necessarily be, you know, and I think, unfortunately, people make stuff so super deep and spiritual and nothing about Jesus is super deep or spiritual. Yeah. You know, as it relates to that confine. Of course, everything about him is spiritual, but but um, it's not as deep as people want to make it out to be, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, my conversations with, with God are literally just like this one. Yep. When I'm angry, I talk to God in my anger. When mm-hmm. I'm all right, I talk to God when I'm all right. But I think the one thing that the, um, and I'm not blaming the church, but I know the church doesn't do a good job of addressing it, and that is mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I also I also believe that at the end of the day, um, the onus is not necessarily um, 
well, the onus is on the church to do adequate teaching, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, as it relates to ensuring one's spiritual wellness is also to put, put like you said, systems, put things in place that will allow um, for, uh, for, for people to not just feel the relational aspect of Christ, but just to experience Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, my experiences with Christ, most of them were not in the church. Yep. And if you think about it, biblically speaking, most of Jesus' teachings were not done in the synagogue. They were done in the marketplace. Yeah. Right? (laughs) It makes sense to me. And Mm so it's like my relationship with Christ is never contingent upon my participation in church. And I think that's one thing many people should have learned in the last six months. Yep. That's your relationship. You should have been able to maintain your relationship with Christ and everything mm-hmm. else, even though you haven't missed out of a church building. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so, true. and so, I've, yeah, absolutely. Spiritual wellness that could look like you know, I know, I know they have them for like you know, youth crises hotlines and different things like that. I'm not sure that it exists for somebody to actually call a hotline number if they are in need of spiritual guidance. Right. That hotline is 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 your your place of worship yeah if for some people it is their pastors for some people it is again their mentors their spiritual leaders or advisors but again they're only human and they need they need their own spiritual advisors every therapist needs a therapist every pastor needs a pastor every advisor needs an advisor like again we were never meant to do this thing by ourselves and so when i think about spiritual wellness that's that's what what comes to mind yeah that's awesome i think also with everything going on, COVID, all of that good, all of that bad stuff, rather. Um, It's given us, and I've said this several times, but it's giving us the time to kind of reflect, kind of put us, sit us down per se. And I've said this before, like this has been like people, you know, have asked, you know, how are you doing? How's everything going? Blah, blah, blah. Um, And for me, it's, I needed to have a seat. I needed to kind of restart, press the restart button and kind of have time to actually figure things out, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually and health and wellness. You know, one reason why um, I was telling Jeeves that we should have this, um, these episodes is because it's it's not only important, but it's relevant right now. And for people to actually hear from real people um, and not, you know, have to hear our great president um, talk about, oh, y'all Ooh. president, Ooh. <laughs> y'all Agent, Agent Orange, uh, Orange, <laughs> Orange Crush, talk about, you know, what's best for, you know, the world. It's just important for them to hear real, real people with, that has experienced different, different things. And so, you know, like I was saying, we, we've talked about career health. We've talked about um, nutrition and wellness mm-hmm. for kids. We talked about physical and nutritional wellness just overall as adults. And now we're talking about the spiritual and mental piece. Um, and it's just important, like I said, to just tap into that stuff. Um, one question I was going to ask also was how do y'all feel about the, about virtual worship? Um, I think we kind of probably answer that a little bit but you know how do y'all feel about virtual worship to what Shania was saying it's um my answer to that and I'm gonna 
kind of still what you said was relationship, not religion. And it's teaching us that you have a relationship. You don't need, you know, it's not the religion part. It's the relationship piece that you need to have. And if you have that, then it wouldn't matter. Like for me, I think, like I said earlier, it's easier now. Um, people can't have their excuses as to why Easter, um, Sunday, Huh? It's the only reason why you attend church. Right. You know, they go Easter or somebody wants to fast only during this time because they heard it or so or somebody posts, you know, something in a church bulletin because they get the emails, but they don't do nothing else Um, or go just for Christmas time, the holiday season, because they're like, it's Jesus's birthday. Just a long story. Um, Exactly. That's what I was going to say. But you know, and in their mind, today is Jesus's birthday. <laughs> or you know, even in the, even the New Year's folks who, and I'm not. Let me just be clear. I'm not knocking nobody for what they do. You can do right. what you want to do. To each his own. That's what you do. I'm not. If I'm not going to attend every Sunday or every other Sunday, I'm not going to attend only on special Sundays. I'm not going right. to because I right. feel like I'm not. You know, I'm being a hypocrite. You know, and then we've had times where it's like, okay, New Year's, let's start fresh, let's go to church, and then let's go out after. I'm not doing. I'm not about to party with Jesus and then party with smoke afterwards. I'm not doing that. No. Go to midnight mass feel, and hit the club. Right. No, I feel so wrong. My spirit is not right, and my mental should not be right. Either. As you enter, as you enter in the club, Amen. Exactly. Still with. Going either going to church with your club outfit or going to the club with your church outfit. Either way, it's wrong. In some cases, it's the same outfit. Absolutely, that's the bad part. I know um, they say come as you are, but <laughs> come respectfully. Right. Um, <laughs> in my in my case, uh, I can I can listen to it in um, online, and I can go in. I prefer to go in only because I know if I'm listening to it online. I'm not giving it my undivided attention mm-hmm. because I'm, hey, I can listen to it online. Now I can clean up, cook yeah. some breakfast. I can do other things. I mean, I'm still hearing it, but I'm the type of person that I I, I need to hear everything because mm-hmm. if something is missed, then I'm like, wait, wait, what? And it's 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 gone. So I can do both, but I'm more attentive when I'm physically there. I'm telling you, if you, I'm like you, I, I cook and clean up and all of that stuff while it's playing, but it's on um, everywhere in the house. So I have it on downstairs. Daryl has it on in the garage while he's working it out. It's on upstairs on the YouTube, on the TV, on YouTube. So it don't matter where I go, it's on. But if it's that one sermon and it is something, it will catch your attention. It don't matter. I was in there cooking bacon, forgot I was cooking that bacon, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in there and he, the kids looking at me girl came in and was like you hear that you hear this sermon I'm like you was working out and you heard it huh uh-huh, let's call up surprise. I'm texting people like you might want to go on YouTube because the pastor talking about you and he don't even know you but <laughs> he know you because he talking about you today so I'm sending out text messages I got some bad little side eyes afterwards but I'm like look you need to listen. You might not be that person that listens to church on East. Uh, you that Easter Sunday person will let this be Easter because he talking about you today. <laughs> I'm serious. But what about you, Rev? How do you feel about, you know, virtual worship? I think it's great. Um, again, I'm born, bred, and raised in a church. So 
It ain't too many Sundays I've missed. Mm-hmm. Um, but even before COVID, I was learning, like, I ain't no less safe if I don't go on a Sunday. So I was okay with not going mm-hmm. on a Sunday. Like, I'm always there. So right. I'm okay if I don't go on one Sunday. If I choose to want to rest, like, even Jesus had a day where, you know, he plenty of days where Jesus rested, but even in, even in the creation story, God rested on a Sabbath day. And so a lot of people look at Sunday as the Sabbath. No. Mm-hmm. One of the Ten Commandments says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Sabbath literally means rest. Mm-hmm. So whatever day you choose to rest, that's it's your Sabbath. Sabbath. Mm-hmm. For me, Sundays are rest days because as ordained clergy, I don't get the rest even if I'm not in the choir or not in the pulpit that Sunday. I can't make it to the door without somebody saying, Rev, can we talk? Rev, can you pray? Rev, can you come? Rev, can you do? Yep. That means I'm not rested. I'm working exactly. Still. You know? And so I think it's great. I think um, this pandemic is definitely going to challenge pastors um, in addition to how to remain relevant, mm-hmm. even in the virtual um, age. Um, it's also being able to to come to grips with the fact that once it is time to return to a building, they very well may not have the same attendance because then you have those who says, listen, I get everything I would have gotten if I went in there and I don't even got to leave my bed or put on right. clothes, then I'm going to opt for that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think it's wrong either way? No. I don't think there's a right or wrong or no ethical approach to whether people want to go into church or choose to stay at home for their worship experience. Right. Um, I think just as much as you can shout and worship in the building at church, you can do that in your own living room. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Right. Yep. Um, and if you only waiting to go to church to do it, then I'm questioning the authenticity of your praise and your worship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I can't, I can't say, you know, call it either way. I just, I think it's great for those who have taken the time to really um, enhance their online presence and what their virtual services look like. Those who really taken a hold and grab a hold of technology to make sure their streaming services are good. Like those churches and those people are definitely, you know, kudos to every church, every pastor that's taken on that, that op- this opportunity to then evolve in your ministry. Exactly. Um, and um, I think that it, once again, once the doors are able to reopen, yes, you're going to have to reimagine what worship services are going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it's, it's a global pandemic. You're talking about a virus that, you know, may or may not live on surfaces, may or may not be airborne. You know, they, I don't really think they really got a good hold of it or to be able right. to really answer many of the questions we've had. The virus and, um, only lives. To kill it. Maybe the, it's vi- the virus only lives during the election year. <laughs> uh, uh, I knew you were about to be ignorant. After the election year, that virus is going to disappear. People are going to go back to having regular flus, and that's going to be it. <laughs> so I just think that even in moving forward, church, I mean, pastors just have to reimagine what that will look like, but then be okay with whatever that looks like. Yeah. If that means you, at the beginning of the pandemic, you had 600 members and you come back and you only got 300, then yeah, again, it will cause you to reimagine things and it cause you to rethink some things. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you might need to go and, and invest in some um, technology or, you know, that equipment for your church if they haven't already done so, so that right. you can have the 300 in, 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 in the building and have that additional 300 online. Right. And it probably make it a lot easier for the elderly to be able to have service, have be able to worship virtually. I mean, at this point, before all of this, 
They probably didn't even know about Zoom. Um, they didn't, <laughs> didn't know what YouTube was. Didn't even know their computer had a camera. Uh, <laughs> uh, I ain't downloading that shit to get my tides. None of that. Nope. Didn't even um, know they could text to give. <laughs> they cash out your your uh, tides and offering. I'm telling you, they could they can do it all now, and I think that would make it easier for them. Mm-hmm. Um. For me, I, I'm 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 kind of like y'all. I I would prefer to physically be in the building because I feel differently when I'm there. I can be mm-hmm. attentive, but I my my spirit just feels differently. No, I'm not that. You know, I'm not gonna have Holy Ghost and and, and shout and scream and all of that while I'm in church because I can do that at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just get a different feeling when I get myself up and I'm getting myself dressed, regardless of what I'm putting on. I'm one of I'm. He said, come as you are. So I'm going to put these jeans on. They're not going to have the holes in them, though. And I'm going to put this shirt on, but it's not going to be a T-shirt. <laughs> and I'm going to go to church. Or if I just feel like it that one Sunday and I want to dress that, I want to dress up, that's what I'm going to do. But mm-hmm. I feel like it also um, is different for the kids so that they will see that this is what we do. This is the belief that we have. These are the values, morals, all of that, that, that we're trying to instill in you. Now, once you get older, if you choose to do something differently, then that's you, but it, it shows them that, you know, cause kids, they, they follow, follow the leader mm-hmm. pretty much. And if they see mom and dad, you know, every Sunday we're tuning into church or we are going to church, which for Kenzie, she knows that Morgan has no idea. Um, cause she's, she never got a chance to make it, but <laughs> um, then that becomes a habit for them, and they get used to knowing that this is what we do. Mm-hmm. So you know, I prefer to go in, so I can my my feel. I feel differently when I'm physically there, right? Um, but and I can actually, you know, not worrying about the little buffering circle when when they're singing. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I'm telling you. In the middle of our hymn. the water trying to talk. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Take your streaming. I mean, last Sunday, the choir was outside. And I was like, are, they, are y'all in the parking lot? Are y'all in Piscataway? Where y'all <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm like, they really are singing on Piscataway. Okay. Hey, you got to let everybody hear the word. Everybody hear the praise. I was like, oh, okay. But then it changed, and then they were somewhere else. I was like, oh, y'all real Texas. They did a whole music video. Right? <laughs> like, y'all real good. Who y'all got on y'all, on y'all roster that's doing all of this in a week? <laughs> I'm like, because y'all were like this. Y'all were in the, they was in, in the church, in the choir pulpit last Sunday. So where, I'm like, somebody got real Texas over a week. But it's good. You know, our place of worship, our church um, already had online service. So for, for our church, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge change. I think they actually grew. Um, and that would be, you know, they, they, they just got bigger at this point because they have people from all over. I mean, I have family members that are now like, hey, I, I attend your church. I'm like, no, you don't. Yes, I do. Like, Mm-mm. you attend a new member orientation. Yeah, part of my church. Some churches too is that for those who are already streaming, mm-hmm. like you have to remain relevant. Yeah. So we got to do a whole nother six months 
change how you are already streaming. Do yes. something different. Maybe do the music video with your choir. Maybe yeah. run some old footage of choirs from back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, do something different that will continue to allow you to 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 grab a hold of the of your congregation and maybe maybe even expand your reach now since this is the only way that yeah. they can be a part of the worship experience. And so I think that, you know, even for those who are like, great, we already been door streaming, we set. No, you're not. Because it gets boring. Make sure you remain relevant. Exactly. And do the work that's required to um, to continue to remain relevant. Exactly. And to continue to keep your congregation engaged. Yep. yep. I agree. Well, we are gearing to our points to wrap up. And um, before we do, I know... Um, it's not, I know we are six days ahead, but um, Reverend Shania Dillard has a birthday coming up. <laughs> coming up at the next week, actually. Um, so we want to say happy, happy birthday. And we'll, pro we'll still shout you out once we post because we'll, we post, I'll pretty much post every day. Um, and so definitely um, happy, happy birthday. Happy, happy um, birthday. Thank yeah. you. You know, I would sing, but I don't have no water, and I don't want to be embarrassed. So, um. <laughs> <I'm lying. laughs> oh, thank people, you. People that have heard her sing, be like, "Girl, she wouldn't. She would have just took happy birthday." <laughs> you want me to send my vocals? I can do it. Hold on. All wait. right, go ahead. Nice. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna start you off. Me, me, me. <laughs> but yes, um. Ravnia, what's your social media handles? Um, what's your YouTube page for those who um, are listeners to follow you? Um, definitely when you do the uh, Faith and Film Bible Study Series, which I hope you really do, mm -hmm. um, for people to tune in. And, and also for people to actually go back, because I think that's where I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to actually go back and look at the, the last ones you did. Yeah, I want to see them too. Because they're, they're the first, oh. I definitely... The one, I think it was Moana. Yes, yeah. that was the very first one. Moana was the first one. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. was the second one. And Cars. Okay, so, so then I did three. Because I'm about to say, I remember Peter Pan, Moana, and Cars. Right, and then the last one was Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh. Oh, wait. Man, maybe I did see four. <laughs> no, I only saw two of them. But I'm like, no, I remember that one, too. So, so Moana watch the movie first. Watch, yeah, watch the movie, the movie first. first and then the bit yeah. and then do the um the it's on YouTube. YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um I am on Facebook, um Shania Dillard. Um Instagram Rev Rev Shania Dillard. Um YouTube, just type in Shania Dillard. Um I'm not on Twitter. Uh you have Rev Nia on YouTube. The Rev Nia page. It's Shania Dillard. Now, with the, that Bible study series is, that's Reverend Shania Dillard, because I was right. doing that under a different banner, but um, I'm trying to get those converted to my main YouTube page, which is okay. Shania Dillard, which again, if you type it in, I'm there in a purple Wesley Theological t-shirt, Wesley mm -hmm. Theological Seminary uh, t-shirt. Um, and there you'll find videos of um, my sermons, um, mm -hmm. videos, some videos of me singing back from my Bowie State days. Mm -hmm. um, you'll find on there. Um, and of course, any Bible study series I do moving forward um, will be, um, again, just go to YouTube, type in Shania Dillard, and I am there. 
Awesome. And of course, um, when the podcast drops, um, we'll tag Shania in all of um, the posts that we do for on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube as well. Um, we are now, I don't know if people have realized it, but the podcast I've started, we've started to post the podcast on YouTube. Bear with us. Um, might have to get um, Gina husband to help with some technical difficulties. <laughs> Because I am by far. I could do a lot now. I could do a lot now because he he talk about me. So I'll be trying to figure it out myself. So I might be able to work us through some magic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, um, YouTube is pretty cool. But um, and I I know a lot of people had asked, actually, they're like, can we see the podcast? We want to actually see y'all. We want to see you in action. Okay. Well, during the COVID time at the beginning when we couldn't leave the house and we was literally quarantined, nobody wanted to see us. Trust me. we even closed our screen out because we didn't want to see each other. <laughs> That's how bad we <laughs> it was bad. And I still haven't got my eyebrows done, but uh, it's my edges. Down. All right, a little bit, but my edges. So real quick, Shania, can you spell your name? Um so sure. mm-hmm. when you go C- on YouTube. C H A N I A. What's your last? Dillard, D-I-L-L-A-R-D. There you go. All right. So thank you, thank you. And of course, um, to all our listeners, make sure that you um, follow us on Instagram, um, download and listen to the podcast on all podcasts, on platforms where all of your podcasts can be listened to, which are um, many of your streaming services for music. Um, And then also follow us and subscribe, as Kenzie will say. (laughs) To our YouTube page, subscribe, (laughs) subscribe, as my baby would say, bless her heart, Um, to our YouTube page, and um, it's at Realities, and that's spelled R-A-I-A-L-I-T-I-E-S, and again, thank you, thank you so much, Rev Nia. Thank Um, you. Have a happy, happy birthday, and of course, um, just many more. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for the birthday wishes. I appreciate you both. Sexy little cool, little rough around.